Opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit ConflictHealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, we all feel overwhelmed at times, right? And I think it's really a lot harder for women, especially during the pandemic when they've got to be teachers, they've got to be working at home often or even outside the house. It's just a really challenging time. But we all have been going through that for, for years. I, as a single parent, you know, I raised two kids and I worked full time and had to do all the things in the house. So I really know what it's like to feel overwhelmed. And I love, I love the name of this book I've been reading. It's called Overwhelmed and Over It. Embrace your power to stay centered and sustained in a chaotic world, which it was. And it's by the wonderful author, Christine Arilo. And she is coming to us this morning from beautiful Seattle, Washington. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She is, she has an MBA and she is the author of Overwhelmed and Over It, which I just told you, and I've got this book right here. She's a transformational leadership advisor, a three-time best-selling author, and host of the popular Feminine Power Time uh, Feminine Power Time podcast, and she is recognized worldwide for her work helping women to make shift happen, not only in the lives that they lead, but in the work that they do and the world that they wish to create. So that's pretty exciting. Um, she offers workshops globally, and she's doing them now online. And she, as I said, she lives in beautiful Seattle, but she used to live in Northern California. You can find out more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com, where you'll see her picture, JPEG of her book. And we link to her website, Christina Rilo. And I'm going to spell that for you, Christine. And then it's A R Y L O. Com. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Christine. Mm, thank you, Mari, and hello, everyone. It's so good to be with you all. Yeah. So this is a wonderful new book. It really is a timely book, too, especially now with the pandemic. But, you know, women in the workplace, it's, you know, we see that they work harder and they make less, and that still hasn't changed. I know right now, 50% of all law firms is are women, but so few of them get to be partners, and obviously their, their uh, income is not as high as their pay weight 
their wages is not as high and their pay scale is not as high as males. So, you know, we're working. So what else is not working? And um, how, how, how are we going to change it now? Well, first of all, I just want to say to everybody out there, anyone who feels overwhelmed and overstretched and has been like, why haven't I been able to figure this out even pre-pandemic? I just want to say it's not your fault. Um, we live in a world in which the society that we've constructed, not necessarily you, me and me, Marie, and everybody else, but the society right. that's been constructed over the last several hundred or thousands, depending on how far back you, you count, has really been set up for burnout. It was not created with the, the needs of the family, the needs of women, the needs of like really basically how humans work at all. And so we've been, we've been really since they would say, if you can trace back when did women really fully enter the workforce, many people would say that really happened in the late 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And it was interesting doing this research for this book, which I've been researching overwhelmed and over it for over 10 years. I was writing the book for three to really answer this question, like how could it be as smart as we are, as dedicated as we are, as much as we want to change the world and make a better place for our children and ourselves, that we are less happy than we were in the 1970s, that we are more stressed out, that one in three women will die of heart disease, and that used to be one in four. And it's not you all because, right, we eat too many potato chips. The the stress and the pressure is just too much, and that really led me to trying to get underneath the roots of what was driving it. And one of the root causes that I was able to really unroot through several conversations, including one with Gloria Steinem, was that when women did fully enter the workforce back in the 60s and 70s, um, basically it was like the system said, okay, ladies, you can have your, you know, your equal rights, you know, definitely not equal pay, but you can have, you know, do anything you want to, but we're not going to change the systems to support the new reality. And therefore, we just had to take more on because we weren't in places of power or authority or influence to make, make it any different. And we've been basically, as I can tell, hanging on, just keeping our heads above water ever since. And I feel like when the pandemic and everything that's happened in 2020 has occurred, it's like a tidal wave and there's no more room. Like we can't take any more on and anyone who is a parent right now and homeschooling their kid and working, well, you know, we know that, we all know that. And so this is a, I think it's a breakdown to breakthrough point for us as not just women, but humans and men and beings to say like, hey, this way of working as a society and is not working for any of us. Right. So in a way, I've been saying this and thinking this, that this pandemic is really a blessing in disguise. It is making us see that we have to change the way of life that we have and really go inward and start thinking about these things. So your book is perfect for that because I know I love the open-ended questions that you ask whoever is reading this book to really start thinking about what is really sustainable in their lives. And so it's, it's really great. Now, you also talk about, you're encouraging in your book, the power of fierce, the fierce feminine heart. So what do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you a short story because it's the easiest way to, to say it, but I just want to back up on one thing you just said, Mari, because it's, like it's, it's a good underlying moment for everybody. In Overwhelmed and Over It, there are many inquiries in it that are, called, um, that are called Know Yourself, basically, and they're a way to help us gain a deeper level of self-awareness. So one of the reasons, here's the dealio, you all, we cannot change what we cannot see. Right. We can't, right? But once you can see it, 
you actually gain the power to change it. And so we have these systemic reasons that are there's the systemic reasons that are keeping us trapped in burnout many of them. And then there's also our own self-induced imprints that we have created inside of ourselves about how we have to work, how we have to give to our families, how we have to take care of things. So we end up over-giving, over-working, over, over, over until there's nothing left for, for us. And it's just important, the, one of the questions that I want to just give this to everyone who's listening right now that I'm asking everyone as we're completing this year and going in to the next is to take a, to take a step back and look around your life and ask yourself this question of what is no longer sustainable for me? Mm-hmm. And look at it through the lens of your work and how your work life has been set up and how you've been working. Look at it in terms of your relationships. And then also look at it in terms of your life design, how you've set your life up, how you look at your home and your money and your health, and and get really honest with yourself. Because once you can become aware and you can be honest with yourself and you actually say, this is no longer working for me, that's the moment. I call it the no more moment. And that's why on the book cover it says overwhelmed and over it. And Mari, you'll see it. There's like a line under over it. Right. It's a line in the sand of like, actually, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, and, I, and, and, and you don't need to know how to change it yet. You just have the first step is always the willingness to embrace that you do have the power to change it. And the how then, you know, kind of starts to, 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 to show itself to you. But we have to be honest first within ourselves versus just trying to make it work or just get by or keep it all together. Now is not the time to do that. Now is the time to really allow yourself to let down the guard and the veils and release the pressure and be actually, you know what, this is no longer sustaining me. And then as we go into the new year, that's where we can start to make what I like to call small but significant changes. Right. Perfect. And, you know, I think some people, and, and, you know, I deal with people in divorce quite a bit of the time or, you know, in business whenever I'm doing mediation. And they get to the point where they say, I can't do this anymore or I won't do this anymore. And they often don't know what they want. They just know what they don't want. And I think it's helpful to understand what you don't want, but you don't, ha- but you don't have to leave it there. You can say, okay, this isn't working for me. What do I want? And, and that's really important to, to, to have that awareness. Like you said, you can't change what you're not aware of. And so many people are blaming, you know, um, they, they don't take responsibility for understanding or really looking within. So that's why I really like your book, because if you're reading it and you're really being part of this book, you're going to answer those questions. And that is the key to move forward, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it relates, Mari and everyone, to the question you asked me about the fierce feminine heart. Right. And one of the reasons why we haven't gotten out and liberated ourselves from all this, this self-sacrifice and this just like exhausted, right, right. <laughs> you know, we're just tired, you know, and is because we're not actually willing to go into the heart. 
Like I've I've been talking about this and teaching on this for well over a decade and living it myself. And I'll and a lot of you know a lot of women have been totally willing to like talk to me about like well you know burnout and work life balance you know. And I go to a conference and I see everyone taking notes on work life balance and I want to scream and be like everyone stop <laughs> work life right. balance is not the solution. And they're you know we're trying these little stress management tactics and these life hacks and all of this stuff because we don't actually want to go into that deeper place within us and get real with ourselves about how we ourselves have allowed these work the, the way that we're working to to be or how we've allowed and bought into relationships in which we're overgiving it's it's interesting the work that you do Mari um because my big kind of wake up call to get out of my head and kind of get into my heart was when i was 30 and my relationship ended my engagement ended yeah. I didn't do the ending, and it was on the way to the engagement party. It was very dramatic. It was very right. dramatic. It was very stressful. And my entire, it was like everything I had been trying to keep together and make work blew up into smithereens. Right. And I remember, I can like still put myself right back there in Chicago, have, you know, smack dab in the beginning of my MBA. And I remember I was at a choice point, and I said to myself, I can put this all back together and I'll go find, you know, Mr. Man number 2.0 and continue on with the same the same life I was creating that was coming from a place of woundedness, not from a place of wholeness. But I didn't know that because I was smart, I was successful, I had money, I had friends, I had a big house. Like so you never look at me and think she's wounded, but of as we all are, we all, this is like part of the deal of being human. And no one had ever taught me about my heart. So I just avoided it, at, you know, kind of all, all costs. And so I had to get this big wake-up call. But I made, a diff- I made a choice at that point. I said, you know what, I'm actually going to go deeper. I'm going to go into my heart. I'm going to, like, I don't even know what my heart desires. I don't really even, I'm not sure if I really know who I am and what I desire because I've been following this prescribed path to success for so long. And that led me down a journey of self-awareness and self-acceptance and and true self-empowerment. And I think that's what I'm inviting people into. It's the perfect time to do this. You don't need to sit on a therapy couch for 25 years, but you don't also have to get yourself into the place of drama and distress and divorce and all those things that happen that are so challenging. If we're willing to actually be proactive and go in and look at the things that aren't working and start to make changes. And then once we do that in our own lives, then we can be the leaders in our families and the leaders in our systems to actually create a different way of being and living as, a, as, as humanity, which is needed because the planet, just like people, we're both burning out, people and planet. Right, right. So many times people, when they go through a divorce or a death, or a breakup, or something, or they're fired, or they suddenly have to change careers because their company goes under, um, or whatever it is, or they've had some terrible disease and they've they're coming back. When you have that wake up call, that's when people often will go into their heart and say, "Who am I? What am I doing? What is my life really all about?" And that's that's the time you can do it under crisis, or you can do it when there is no crisis. Right now, we are in a global crisis. So this is a perfect time to really say, what is, you know, what's really happening here? What are we supposed to do with our lives? So that's why your book, Overwhelmed and Over It, <laughs> is is great. I was doing some prayers with my prayer partner this morning, 
And, um, you know, she says, I am so over this pandemic. <laughs> I'm so over it. And uh, so I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to have to have her read this because she is kind of in that place that you're talking about. She needs to go in her fierce feminine heart. And I don't know if you saw the movie, I Am Woman, uh, about Helen Reddy's life, but it mm. just, it, she was really, you know, she she had that fierce heart about what she was going to do with her life. It's really, it's a wonderful Netflix movie um, about Helen Reddy's life. And she just died, you know, just a few months ago. So it's uh, uh, amazing because she was, you know, a uh, woman of the 60s, 70s, 80s. And uh, it just, uh, you know, we still don't have the Equal Rights Amendment, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I think this is a time for empowerment and the fact that we have recently elected uh, a vice president who is a woman and a woman of color. I mean, we are, we're aching for this empowerment and we're aching to find who we really are and be able to say no. And, and that's often so hard for women, especially of my generation, because I'm older than you. And I, you know, I grew up in that and, and I had to step out of it, you know, and, but, you know, we were burning bras and stuff in the sixties. So, you know, that, that was, you know, that was kind of that awakening of saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. And uh, what our parents were doing. But still, you know, I have a long ways to go as well. So, yeah. So what is, what do you mean by harmonic defiance? Oh, I love that. You go from burning (coughs) bras into harmonic defiance. It's the perfect segue. (laughs) It's the perfect segue. So, um because like going back to the 60s and the 70s, that was actually what was needed at the time, was like absolute, total, like, rage. I mean, it was rage and uprising and fiery energy. And, and, and it's, it's just interesting, you look back and how that rose up, and then, and then that brought us into the 80s, right, which is like, you know, dynasty and big shoulder pads and all that's raw, you know, all that's challenging in the world we live in now of consumption, consume, 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 like just right. like a consumption machine that we're going on we're happening and you know one of the blessings of 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 the pandemic right now is people can't just go on their shopping craziness you know like every 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 end of the year i'm always like everyone look around at the natural world what is the natural world doing in this in the northern hemisphere yeah, it's they're down. right. I mean, it's a time to go within, right? It is exact time to go within, but our culture is backwards. Our culture doesn't slow down. Mostly, what people do is they push right through the holidays. They overextend themselves with the holidays. They overgive, 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 and they fall over <laughs> in December. Right. And or they they're so they're so burnt out from working so much and giving so much the rest of the year that they overindulge. Um, during the holidays, that used to be me. I would just, you know, so miserable <laughs> working all the time. But it was like come December, it was like, woo, you know. And so you spend too much and you drink too much and you eat too much and all of that. And then, you know, you, you do it all over again. I was even talking, I do a lot of wellness coaching and leadership coaching for organizations. And I was talking to one of the, the, the leaders there. And she's like, yeah, we're just going to push through. we got to push through to the end of the year. I was like, ah. No, 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 no more pushing, no more pushing yeah. through. Let's, let's talk about this year. And so the, the, the word is harmony. Like we're really, we are out of harmony as a culture, as a world. We are out of harmony with the natural cycles. We have just laid over this manufactured human system for growth that's unsustainable. 
And we can look at that, and what's actually needed now, although we, I, I like to think of it more like sacred rage um, or sacred transformation, and the word sacred means um, to be committed to wholeness mm-hmm. through respect, not in violence. Right. And, and so I just want to say, you know, thank you to you, to Mari, and to all of the people, men and women and beings, like we stand on the energy that, was, that, that came up and through in the 60s and 70s. And then it kind of like went sideways and it, whatever it did and got all morphed into this crazy consumer society, this overculture. And we are standing here now in 2020, um, which is interesting, right? 2020, 2020 vision. Look right. around, everybody, see what's here. Right. And what's needed from us right now, from a, the, word, the word harmonic defiance is actually in the last section of the book, which is about liberating your power. And I didn't make up the words harmonic defiance. I learned them from a woman named Barbara Marciniak and when, in one of her books. And I was reading the book, and I was like, that, that is exactly what is needed. And what harmonic defiance is, is it's your choice to defy the systems, ways of working, ways of living that do not work for you, not by raging, not by needing to post it all over social media, not by evangelizing, not by ranting, or, or even like fighting in a sense of just kind of like, you know, railing against everything. It's about using that power to actually make choices that are in harmony for you, for those that you influence, for those that you care for, for the world, um, and just without permission. You don't ask for permission. You just do it. You Mm -hmm. just do it. Harmonic defiance. Choosing to do what's in harmony for you and those you influence and love and lead in the world without asking for permission, without having to promote it. And then people start to look around at you and they're like, you could do that? You know what? You could do that? You know, it was like me when I finished my, getting my MBA and I, I wanted to follow my dream. My heart and soul's desire was to work in fashion and live in California. And so I, all my friends were getting, you know, big paying con- corporate consulting jobs and stuff. And I got in my car with my dog and no job. I had $20,000 in the bank from selling my house. And that was it. And I was like, I'm, and I'm gone. And I didn't like, I, you know, I didn't rail against anything. I didn't say they were wrong. I just did what I, you know, I was right for me. And I just remember they were like, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can. And, and I think that's part of it is people don't even... Either I see people looking for permission or looking for leadership outside of themselves to say it's okay, or I, I see people um, just not stepping into their power to make the choices that are aligned for them. And we have some great role models for that, too. I mean, Gandhi, yeah. you know, I mean, he left, he could have been a very wealthy lawyer. He was a lawyer. He left that to just do what he felt was right. It was harmonic defiance. It was resistance, but passive, you know, kind of passive resistance, but not really passive, but nonviolent resistance. And Martin Luther King. It was sacred resistance. It was. It was sacred resistance. It was. And the same thing with Martin Luther King. So we have, you know, a lot came out of those 60s. I mean, I remember walking to the Capitol in Madison, Wisconsin, where I went as an undergrad, and walking with my candle you know, to resist the Vietnam War. And it it was it was a kind of resistance like that. You know, we were into, you know, I mean, I started meditating Maharishi's uh, Transcendental Meditation when I was 19 years old. And so there was that and then it got, you know, pushed back 
by capitalism and by, you know, the greed and all that stuff. But there is that underlying right now is, is that resurgence is coming back, which is, I think, beautiful. And I think the pandemic is helping us to say, you know, when you can't go out, you know, when I can't go and I do, 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 I'm not a human doing all the time. I'm more of a human being right now. So I think that, you know, your book is just in perfect timing for this, right? Well, that's the universe is doing. I'll, yeah, you know, I, there's, I, I have a, I'm, mark, I'm working on a trilogy right now, so I wrote three books already. That was one trilogy, I, so I know the three books I'm writing, and I, was, I wanted to write this one second, and it was like a very, the universe and my intuition was like, no, must write over one and over it first, and then I, and I, you know, I, fought, I fought against my, my inner wisdom for you know, a little bit, and then I relented, and now I know exactly why. Um, and yeah. it took me three years to write this book because I was I really, with, with overwhelm and over, I was committed to writing a book that literally could give people a path um, out of overwhelm and burnout and self-sacrifice. It doesn't mean that you never will get overwhelmed, but there are, there are ways to, to notice the overwhelm before it goes into burnout, before it goes into self-sacrifice, before it goes into making some pretty important life decisions that then you get trapped and you get stuck in, and then you have to go to the place of distress and divorce and drama. And, right. And, and, so, and chaos. And <laughs> chaos. And it's happening younger and younger, and I'm so committed to this to my mission is 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 transformation across generations and mothers and fathers can't can't teach their children what they themselves don't right, know exactly. and or don't do and i just spoke to a group of 12 um, 12th graders for the national charity league actually down in southern california on sunday and um, i mean i was here and they were there about their intuition and how to decipher between their inner wisdom and that other voice which i call the inner mean girl um and how to work with both of them the parts that have doubt and fear and actually don't try to stuff it down but work with it and how their intuition works and i asked all of them and it's always the same every time i ever time i ask who here's ever you know had a class on intuition and like I got, I think like a one hand, a half, like like a half. She probably had a mother who's who's taught her about intuition. The rest of them just looked at me, blank stares. These are yeah, going into college. This is a this is a problem because we are not teaching our girls and therefore our boys are how to trust themselves, how to how to discern inside of themselves, how to make choices that keep them in true to themselves, and then help them follow their hearts and also use their intellect. To, to support, of course, but we're not teaching our kids that. And so, of course, you know, the statistics are crazy. Eight-year-old girls asking for antidepressants because they have so much anxiety. Yeah. I didn't even know what anxiety was at eight. And college freshmen, there's a name for them. Administrators call them crispies because they're so burned out from high school, from all of the pressure right. to perform that they are burned out and they've not even got into college yet and so like part of what i think is happening with all this homeschooling and like all of this is like i mean this is probably this is another podcast for another time but <laughs> as a culture we don't value mothering and parenting the systems aren't really set up to support that it's something you slot in and i actually think parenting and mothering and growing our future generations our children is part of our work it's part of our sacred work it's one of the most important jobs we have whether you're a parent i'm not a parent um but i use my mothering energy in other ways and it it is really important that that the mothers of this world which is any woman we take a step back and we're like these are our children this is 
our planet? How are we going to shift this so that the systems actually support creating lives where wellness and wholeness and interconnectedness and sustainability are at the core? And and we don't even, yeah, I mean, we don't value our teachers. And that's another thing. Those teachers need to have the curriculum to, to teach these things whether it's meditation or getting in touch with your intuition. I remember when I was going through my divorce, my, you know, many years ago, uh, I read the book by Shotkey Gawain, you know, living in the light. And that was about getting in touch with your intuition. And that one really propelled me on getting in touch with my intuition. And um, so again, we're we're coming kind of full, full circle, but now at hopefully at even a higher level that recognizing that that everyone really needs to go within and be genuine with themselves and find harmony within themselves and with everyone around them. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a great time for your book. I want to mention again, it's called Overwhelmed and Over It. Embrace your power to stay centered and sustained in a chaotic world by Christine Arilo. So Christine, let's talk a little bit. We don't have a lot of, oh, we, would you believe we are out of time? I can't believe it. <laughs> so people are going to have to pick up this book. I just want you to give your website and it's time to go. Yeah, the easiest URL is overwhelmedandoverit.com. That'll take you right to the book page. There's also a quiz on there um, about am I overgiving, so that's a good place to go. That's on my website, christinarilo.com. So if you go to Overwhelmed and Over It, that is a great place to connect. And the best other way to stay connected to me is through my podcast, Feminine Power Time. And all people, even though it's feminine power, we all have it, so everyone exactly. is invited. We have the yin-yang inside us. Thank so you. thank you so much, and you have a great holiday season. And we will hopefully talk again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.